Hello, everyone. Welcome to the newest episode of On the Couch with the Dogs Board, and most likely the final episode of 2021 holiday season. So we, today we have a special guest. He is the third martial artist that we've interviewed this year and the second martial artist in the row. He also is a good friend of one of the previous martial artists that we've interviewed this year, but I'll let him explain that. He is a professional-level stuntman who's worked on multiple big projects, graphic design artist, as I already said, a martial artist. But I'll let him introduce himself the way he wants to, Mr. Stan Van Pelt. Yeah. Yep, name. As you said, my name is Stan Van Pelt. Um... I do, I am a second degree black belt in karate. I've been doing capoeira for about 16 years. No belt. I don't know if I really plan on getting a belt and because of the way the art form works, you know, some schools don't even do that. Um, started working in graphic design in like high school. I kind of don't do it anymore. So now it's just all art and whenever I feel like it. Uh, I used to be a part of a, a rap group that was on its way to being something, and it it kind of um, dissipated just because of differences. Uh, and I'm a stunt person, like you said. I've been in several different projects. I am a member of SAG. I actually kind of need to fix my IMDb page. So that it's more accurate. Uh, I think that's all I can think of right now. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, I'm gonna start off with what most people probably know you for. So how did you get into the world of stunts? I was a, I'm a martial artist, and that's how I got into stunts. Uh, my Soki, a Soki being the person who is the head of a martial art style, the founder and whatnot. Um, he knew a guy who was looking for someone to fit a certain, um, look. And it was between me and the person you mentioned earlier that I'm friends with. It was between us for the, uh, the role slash stunt. And, um, I got it. We both ended up being in stunts through that, but I got the part. And we, we've been doing that ever since. I, um, the guy's name who found us and was looking for somebody to fill, his name is uh, Rick Fike. He's a big, big stunt guy here in Ohio and is well-known and respected amongst a bunch of different stunt people in, in that industry, apparently. Wow. So you brought in your martial art uh, history as well, which I, I love. But speaking of that, how did you get started in the world of martial arts in the first place? Well, uh, I guess some people don't consider wrestling a martial art, but it is. So I started at like 14. That would have been my first martial art. Uh, I've always looked up to Bruce Lee and the Power Rangers. I always wanted to do martial arts. Uh, but due to differences with my parents and just like their view, my mom's views particularly on that. I didn't start until I was 19. I put myself in a karate class. Well, with a class. Uh, my friends were learning capoeira in high school and they showed me some. That's how I started with my capoeira journey. But uh, I put myself in a karate class 
at uh, 19, and I've been doing it ever since. I'm a, like I said, I'm a second year, so I'm a teacher now. Oh, so I should be calling you Sensei Sandra, Sensei Ben Pilt. Yeah, I, actually, I'm very lax about that. I don't have my students do that, <laughs> usually. Okay, well, thank you, because one thing I will say is that I love hearing about black martial artists and, and them excelling within their martial arts journey. It, there's always been a stereotype that black people have always been associated primarily with capoeira or uh, westernized boxing. So it's always nice to see that stereotype being broken. That Because you said that you consider wrestling a martial art, which it is. So how much pushback, if any, have you gotten from the martial arts community concerning that? Um... I would say I'm not necessarily a part of the martial arts community because I don't like the uh, the political aspect of it. I, I've oh. gone to uh, events and stuff like that here and there, and I used to uh, – my my school actually used to host a tournament that was a part of a, one of the organization's national tournament, uh, national circuits, and I would help, like, set up and stuff like that, but – I was never a part of the um, the the grander scheme of things of that tournament as far as like the points for the the national organization and stuff, and also because largely in America, depending on what version of karate you're doing, it's all based on it's point karate, and if anybody watched the Olympics, point karate can you can lose if you knock somebody out, um, so the better fighter might get punished i don't i understand self-control as well and like per per preservation of young people and everything like that but i also don't like that it is glorified tag and there are very bad habits that some people practice in um point in point sparring because they'll like do things that you would not do in a real fight so that they can get a point which they would technically be sacrificing their well-being in a real fight. Hmm. I, I remember you explained that to me before, and um, I find that extremely interesting. But I also find it interesting, and I know our listeners and viewers will too, could you maybe talk about some of the productions that you've been a part of or, or any one of them you would like to? The then the very first one I was in would it be uh, Criminal Activities. That was a pretty interesting experience uh as it would be my first experience on set and just not necessarily knowing all of the uh protocol and set etiquette yet and like uh being taught while there almost and like even now learning more about it and just looking back at like some of the things i did that weren't necessarily like damning to my career but just stuff i i shouldn't have done um, or could have handled differently. Uh, I would say also like a escape at Dannemora was cool because it was the first time I worked with a different stunt coordinator, and it was the I was also put in a small leadership role, and even though like that didn't, it, it was interesting. It was just interesting to be in a small leadership role and, like, how it played out. 
and also the first time that I worked with a bunch of stunt people in a, in a production. Like it was not just like me and my scene. There was like a like forty of us or thirty of us all working on this giant scene, and that was uh, different because you got to build camaraderie with people. And you got to like get to know these people. We worked on that for like a week. And that was a, a, a very different experience from what most of my projects have been. Wow. If you don't mind me you saying that, I, I know you've been in semi, no, not semi, a recent project that was very big and critically acclaimed called Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. How was your experience working on that? On that, if you don't mind me asking, it was a it was a very relaxed experience actually. And I mean, and sometimes it can be like that on set where you're just waiting for when it's your turn up. Uh, I wasn't in a major stunt in that necessarily, so it, it was. I mean, I worked worked, and I was there, and you know, we still all have to play our part and make sure things are if if you're not paying attention any you can get hurt even in like the smallest of things. I I was I don't know what to say necessarily. It was it was a nice experience. It was the director was nice. Uh cool everybody on set was cool. I'll I'll I can say that. And uh Stunt coordinator was a pretty chill. No, okay, that's my biggest take back from that actually, is the stunt coordinator and talking to him because he told me how he started his career. He saw Blade. He was he was fresh out of the military. He saw the movie Blade, and he was inspired by it. So he stayed and wait, waited after. And actually looked at the credits and saw who the stunt coordinator was and the stunt people. And he contacted them and was like, because he decided that's what he wanted to do with his life. And he kept contacting them until he got in touch with them and just like got his way into the business. Wow. <laughs> it's funny that, that you mentioned Blade because Blade revolutionized not just Vampire media, comic book media, Marvel media, film media, it re-evolutionized media as a whole. Blade and the shadow that has casted over media as a whole from things like the Matrix franchise, mm-hmm. um, and even things beyond that, which has still been felt to this day. So I'm glad that you actually brought that up. But I want to segue into something which I know you're going to probably do what I'm going to ask you about. You know, you are good friends, if not best friends, to say this correct, with um, someone who we've interviewed twice. You know, he's yeah. been a very good participator within our interviews, and and we always get great numbers when he participates. His name is Mr. Black Pauldron. Uh, tell me your history with Mr. Black Pauldron and how you met him and things that nature, if you don't mind. Um... I don't think it was exactly the first time I met Pauldron, but I at my high school we would spar on the front lawn, and uh, one day he was just like, "Hey man, can I spar with you guys? I I, I spar with you, so I spar with him." 
and I tore him up. <laughs> like, I don't want to bat. It was like, it was like no contest for real, for real. And he's better now, so it's, it's chill. Uh, yeah, but I like also, I was also overzealous. And at, in the moment, I like jumped up in the air after I like knocked him to the ground and like sat on him from like ah. in the air. Yeah, so he, he was all right, but yeah, I, I was, I just got real hyped. And that's not that story isn't necessarily how we got became friends, but that is like the first time we interacted with each other. So, what has been your history like? Have you worked on him in different projects before? Uh, me and him worked in projects in, in the same project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we weren't in the same scene, but he was also in uh in criminal activities. I was in a in this uh lifetime film. We were both in this lifetime film, um, Surviving Compton. Ah. Uh, and we did something else together. Oh, we he he was also uh there for the Danamora project. Escaping Danamora. Hmm. Has your friendship with him increase the overall quality of the work that you two have done in association with each other or has it just been regular in that regard? Uh, I, I would say um, if we're doing like auditions or like practicing or something like that, uh, we understand each other and we know each other's skill sets. We work with a a group of people. Uh, a team, uh, it's called Team Stunt, Stunt, yeah, Stunt Predators USA. Yeah. Team Stunt Predators USA, and um, there's a group of us. Like everybody has different skills, and sometimes we will tend to like work with each other, and that isn't always the best. We should work with others, and and like get that grasp of skill as well, and just how to work with people. But we can put on a nice show because we understand each other's skill sets. One thing that I remember him saying before is that. Uh, the, the more you all have been doing it, the easier the stunts become. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you for saying that. But uh, talk to us about your graphic design work. Uh, I know they would love to hear about that. I mean, I do. I've done logos for like various local companies that may still and don't exist. Some don't and some do. Uh, used to do uh, flyers for a bar that uh, used to be around the Cleveland area. That was pretty popular, and people would do, like, uh, open mic nights and poetry slams there. I am kind of working on a clothing line right now. We'll see where that goes and where, where I take that. I don't want to talk too much about it before I actually have it working. Uh, I have, like, my main logo is, like, this, like, a Oni, this Oni-looking thing with a crown on it. It's called a Pato Rex. I do just stuff that inspires, inspires me or looks cool to me. It's usually, like, swords, um... 
and whatever else have you. Uh, I've done the logo for my defunct rap group, which is Liquor Lab Warriors. It was like a bottle cap. People like that a lot or whatever. My design okay. work is... It, it just, it, I don't draw that much. I mostly do photo manipulation. Hmm. Uh, I drew more when I was younger, and I just got away from it. A lot of photography in recent years. If if anybody goes to my Instagram, it's a Pato Rex, and yeah, you can just see that some of that stuff. Oh, I've done um, I've done flyers for Lime, which is a telecommunications company in Jamaica. Oh. Uh, I've done... I've heard about one. I've done some graphic design work for, uh, a certain video game team, uh, that I have been working with on and off. Oh, that team's logo will be in the video. Ah, cool. Um, I didn't do the logo, though. I was... A couple of different other people. I didn't do that. Well, I just I've done stuff for them though. Wait, you, you, oh, here's here's something cool. When we uh, that team, uh, we were in with the team. We were here in Cleveland and we did a a tournament for uh, Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. It was an official an official tournament with challenge and all that stuff. So. Um, and uh, when we did that, we had different sponsors, and one of the sponsors was a local pizza com- we, uh, pizza company next door because they were letting us use their Wi-Fi because the card shop we were at did not have Wi-Fi. So I refinished their logo for them and put it in, so we could put it on our banner on the uh, website. Uh, do you want to say the name of the team so that the listeners know? Oh yeah, it's Empire Arcadia. EMP. Okay. EMP. With all of that being said, though, I would like to ask you about something that you brought up before. You said how many years ago was it now? You used to be part of a rap group. Do you mind what, if you're comfortable talking about that at all? Yeah, um, eight years ago, or more or less, was a part of a rap group called the Liquor Lab Warriors. We um, were about to sign to, well, we were in talks of t- signing with a small label. There was also a large label. I don't remember the names of either labels uh, that were going, that were interested in, in us and looking at us. Uh, um, and... Um, basically, we just had a couple of different issues. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Had a couple of different issues with, um, what do you call that? Uh, just decisions, business decisions, if you will. As far as music is concerned, I mean, we're all still friends, too. But we actually did have a decently growing fan base. Uh, I know people who interacted with us from all over the country that were, like, fans of our music. It wasn't, like, a super huge fan base. But, yeah, I met a person once from New Mexico, and he was telling me, like, yeah, man, I heard of your group before. I heard your music, which is actually 
makes sense because at one point there's this guy, there's a producer named uh, Beautiful Lou, and he lives in New Mexico, and he's a big, he, he's produced some big names. He's produced, uh, yeah, he's produced some big name artists who are currently famous, and he basically told uh, our our main producer like we were next. And we were going to blow up next, and then we kind of just just kind of stopped. Well, who knows what the car is going to hold. Maybe by this time next year or whenever we do the second interview, you'll be um, the next big rap partner. I I have been on again, off again, working on an album, but I don't really see it. My, my rap style wouldn't get me popular. I'm, I'm more of a... Uh, very much a backpack rapper, uh, whereas some of my friends, I can see them being big. They, their their style fits the, the current day popular motif. Okay, well, uh, you know, it's always nice to um, have multiple things going on. You know, that's part of the reason why I interviewed you. I love hearing when young black men, even young black women, have multiple things going on, be it an entrepreneurial standpoint or a hobbyist standpoint. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that you are helping, excelling in that in multiple ways. But um, I've reached to the end of my questioning. Do you have anything you would like to ask me or say to me or say to the viewers? Uh, uh, thanks for um, thinking of me as uh, somebody interesting enough to interview. Uh, of course. I hope I hope the way I was speaking wasn't too uh, broken up and boring or dry or anything. It's just I had to think, you know. So I hope it's an interesting interview and that people enjoy. Of course. You know, I know especially they love hearing about new stories and new people and people who serve various roles in the lives that we live every day. But on behalf of the Dogs Board, thank you for being one of our supporters, our staunch supporters on social media. Um, you know, this applies to some of our other guests we've had on the show, too, including Black Pauldron at times and, and so on and so forth. But thank you for that, because if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be able to have the ability to interview people like you afford to have a certain amount of people to even pay attention to watch or listen to it. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Okay. Well. So with that being said, thank you everyone for listening. As always, this video or this interview will be on our download and streaming platforms first, and the video version will be on YouTube soon after that. But if that is all, Dr. Clark, and the Paltrow Rich slash Stan Van Pelt signing out. Peace.